0: The Plot So Far Many are the stories of Pope Mordecai Stimbaline and his irrepressible desire to cut people's heads off with a scythe Some believed that Stimbaline was an avenging angel sent by God because God was annoyed with people for eating fish on the wrong day or (laughs) allowing menstruating women to sit on a chair or something (laughs) Some believed that <laughs> some believed that Stimberline had shaken hands with death, causing his flesh to peel away from his bones and slowly turn him into a spooky skeleton. Mm. And some believed that Stimberline was from space, because he said he was from space, <laughs> and he was from space. <laughs> yeah. Pip Stimberline had arrived on Earth in a two-man spaceship with his best bud and fellow magic <laughs> space gas user... Gret Binchleaf, a man so dirty, every time he lifted his arms, a flock of pigeons flew out. (laughs) A man so sweaty, every time he walked upstairs, Noah had to build an ark. But a man so sexually magnetic, that when he went to a crowded place, everyone's underpants would just fly off and stick to him. (laughs) So that he was covered in used pants, hey. which some people mistakenly took to mean that Gret Binchleaf could grow clothes. Oh. Which, of course, is ridiculous. What? No one can grow clothes. Oh, on. What What Gret Binchleaf could do was attract pants. <laughs> Pip liked Gret because Gret was ugly. And Pip hated anyone who might threaten his position as most attractive man in the universe for deaths. Mm. A position which was becoming increasingly precarious, the looser Pip's skin became, and the more often his face fell off. Like when he sneezed that time and ended up in the Duchess of Gloucester's Soup. And she got really upset because she'd ordered cream of mushroom, not face of (laughs) stimberlene. Eventually, Pip said goodbye to his dear friend Gret Binchleaf and fucked off to Rome. His need to be adored just wasn't being fulfilled by Gret occasionally telling him he had a nice skeleton. (laughs) And in Rome, someone like Pip could easily succeed if he did some space magic, but pretended it was Jesus magic. Mm. Pip Stimberline became Pope Stimberline, although when he wasn't there to hear it, The Cardinals called him Pope Bonyface. As if this weren't bad enough, Stimberline also developed the irritating habit of decapitating anyone he thought was too attractive, especially attractive women. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Stimberline, like the modern-day internet misogynists he definitely wasn't a metaphor for, really hated attractive women. How dare they be attractive and or confident? It threatens my delusions of superiority and makes my penis go small. I must hurt them in some way, i.e. with a scythe or on Twitter. Pretty quickly, Pip's murdering got out of hand. So Cardinal John Penis wrote to the the King of England for help because someone had told him that the King's wife, like Stimberline, knew the ways of the magic space gas. Mm. The King's wife, it turned out, was Gret Binchleaf. Except now he was a woman for some reason. Queen Gretzelda immediately assembled a crack team of sexy male assistants, including one large and scabby-lipped stranger, mm. whose name probably rhymed with Glett Binchmeaf. And they left for the Vatican City in France. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But no sooner had they arrived than Gretzelda found herself at the mercy of Stimblein's scythe. A scythe, according to legend, that Stimblein had stolen from death himself. Mm-hmm. A scythe so powerful it could kill anything, even chairs.
1: Yeah.
0: A scythe... <laughs> Thank you. A scythe so sharp, it could cut your arms off and you wouldn't even notice until you went to your juggling lesson that evening and kept dropping the balls because you didn't have any arms left. A scythe no human could possibly escape, especially a beautiful queen who was so magnetic she had forks stuck to her. (laughs) Of course, some said that Gretzelda was not human but the side effect of careless space magic. They said the real Gret Binchleaf had gone into hiding, and maybe that friend of Gret Zelda's knew where he was. <laughs> the big one with the scabby lips, whose name probably rhymed with Jet mince beef. <laughs> Who is the mysterious large man with the familiar voice? Why did Gret Zelda start talking like Zippy in Chapter 12? <laughs> Just what the crapping twit is going on? Find out by listening to Gret Binchleaf and the Adventure of the Complicated Head, Chapter 13. The Adventure of Everything Being Explained and Making Perfect Sense, Canon. Bichy! The Continuing Adventures of Gret Binchleaf, the soft boiled private dick with a crippling fear of pies. Pope Mordecai Stimberline raised his scythe, and a bit of his arm fell off. He. <laughs> I am Stimbleem, he declared, (laughs) causing the loose skin on his face to shift disconcertingly. I am appointed by God! (laughs) <laughs> On the steps of the Great Cathedral, a crowd of men, women, children and a dog watched as Pope Stimberline disintegrated before them. Oh. If much more of his flesh came off, he'd be nothing more than a spooky skeleton wielding a scythe.
1: Oh, right, so they're actually disintegrating. No, no, it, that's how it
0: looks because all okay. his, his, his flesh yes, and skin is falling off. Away, you yeah. know, A scythe which was currently pressed against the neck of Queen Gretzelda Binchleaf causing a trickle of blood to run down the scandalously low-cut collar of her dress Mm. and into the vast chasm of cleavage between her frankly magnificent (laughs) job-wobblers. ''I I know you weren't appointed by God,'' said Gretzelda. ''I arrived with you in that spaceship, remember?'' (laughs) Stimberline gave an angry frown and his face fell off, landing on the floor with a splat. Mm. God does not appreciate common scum such as you trying to usurp my beauty. What beauty? said Gretzelda. You mean your beautiful face that's currently on the floor being eaten by a dog. (laughs) Stimberline looked down to see the remains of his face disappearing inside Shep, the village dog. (laughs) How was he supposed to wear it now? It would be very difficult to inspire fear in his followers with a whole dog glued to his head. The choir boys already called him Ookie Spooky Face. Yeah. He didn't want them calling him Oggy Doggy Head. <laughs> no, he'd have to get a new face from somewhere. And how difficult could it be to find a new face? This world was full of them. Mm. I do not have to put up with your insolence, buddy, said Pip Stimberlien. Off with your head. But for once, and there need only be once... Stimberline had picked on the wrong head. For big Gretzelda Binchleaf, the English queen, was so devastatingly gorgeous that almost every man in Rome was already hopelessly in love with her, along with some of the women too. And Shep the dog, probably. It was a safe bet considering what he was doing to Gretzelda's leg. Uh. The crowd surged forward, driven by a fearless compulsion to save the beautiful queen. They took Stimberline's scythe and quickly bound his arms, legs and head It may not have been necessary to tie up his head, but it's better to be safe than sorry. Unhand me, puny humans. Release my head. Shall I tell you what I think? Great Zelda began. That's better, she said. I've had a frog in my throat since France, and I don't mean that in a racist way. Although I did blow that Frenchman, but that's not important right now. The villagers realised that there was nothing to be gained from tying up Stimberlin's head and decided to hang him from a tree instead. (laughs) Here's what I think, Gretzelda said, as Stimberlin was hoisted into a dangling position. I think there's no such thing as a free lunch, unless you steal it, or if someone gives it to you, or if you just eat something you find on the floor like a dog. But, you know, just because there's a dog on the floor, that's no reason to eat it. Zelda looked at Shep the dog hungrily. <laughs> I also think you can't hang a skeleton to death. The only way to get rid of Stimberline is to bury him in a very deep hole and build a church on top of him. The holiness of the church will stop him from space magicking his way out, I expect. When was the last time you saw someone lift a church using space gas? Never! So start digging. There was a murmur of obedience from the group of men who all wanted to do it on Gretzelda, and they began to dig. And it just so happens that I planned for this exact turn of events and brought along Italy's greatest architect and master builder, Dominic Manetti. <laughs> 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 oh, I forgot.
2: <laughs> okay, good, yeah.
0: Oh, my name is Dominic Minetti. I'm from Italy. Oh, yes, I am, said Dominic Minetti, the Italian. I already said that, Dominic, you useless chin banana. Now, are you or are you not good at building churches? I am the greatest church builder in the world and probably space. Oh, look at my space churches. And not they good? Oh, yes, they are. <laughs> Good, right. You lot, do exactly what Dominic Maniti tells you, OK? <laughs> oh, oh, unless he asks you to join his violent political movement. Say no to that. <laughs> I'm not just good at building churches, I'm also good at building the perfect society with no bad people in it, because I killed them all in death camps. Oh, yes, I did. <sighs> Under the tyrannical foremanship of Dominic Maniti, the villagers dug a very deep hole and threw Stimberline into it. Mm. I'll make you pay for this crit, Elder Leaf shouted Pip as they started spading dirt on top of him. I'll hound you through time. I'll kill everyone you love. Which finally explained Stimberline's motivation in chapters one through five, in yeah. case anyone still cares. Yeah, well... Good luck doing that from under a church, said Gretzelda, as Stimberline's shouts became muffled the more buried he became. Mm-hmm. You know what? All this nearly getting decapitated has knackered the crap out of me. I feel like I've given birth to six babies and then played a three hour game of five a side women's girl tennis. <laughs> Gretzelda was a woman, and she used women's metaphors. <laughs> Reckon I'll go and have a snooze for a couple of days while you lot do all the heavy work. Where's my butler, the fat one with the scabby lips? Oi, servant pillock, where are you? Gretzelda looked around and saw her largest concubine, the one who was less sexy than the others, but was always ready to bring her cake, which, actually, she appreciated more. What the rogery fuck do you want? yelled the mysterious large assistant as he thundered over and stepped on Dominic Maniti's foot. (laughs) Uh, uh, Excuse me, said Dominic. Who is this enormous pillock? I don't know. I can never remember his stupid name. It's something like Glet Binchmeef? No, <laughs> Grip Rinse Chief? No, Grotty Pigqueef. <laughs> My name, said the large scabby-lipped man, as I've told you a hundred times, <laughs> is Grant Pinchloaf. Who? <laughs> <"Ooh?"> said Grizelda. <laughs> The mysterious man didn't answer. Instead, he unzipped his skin, dropped his now floppy man suit to the floor and unfurled his enormous black feathered wings. His empty eye sockets seemed to penetrate to the very bottom of Gretzelda's soul. Or her soul bottom, as (laughs) she liked to call it. And did... "'He's penetrating my soul bottom!' (laughs) The villagers, too, had stopped chucking mud on Pip Stimberline and were gaping in horror at this new spooky skeleton. Mm. His eye sockets seemed to penetrate all their souls, and the villagers cried in unison, "'He's penetrating our souls!' (laughs) Grant Pinchloaf ignored them, staring instead at Gretzelda. "'How do you feel, Gretzelda Pinchloaf?' "'Hungry,' said Gretzelda, and annoyed, same as usual.' Are you tired? I'm always tired. Don't you feel unusually sleepy? Wouldn't you like to go to sleep? Greta yawned, belched, trumped and deflated slightly. But that didn't prove anything. (laughs) What are you banging on about, you skeleton-faced twit? Why don't you lie down and I'll explain. Gretzelda mm. lay down in the dirt and immediately fell asleep. And since Grant Pinchloaf no longer had anyone to give a long, boring villain explanation to, he had a revelatory flashback instead. <music> Several months earlier. At the weekly coffee morning of the Four Horsemen of the Apocalypse, they were playing Hungry Hungry Hippos, while Pestilence made snide comments. So, death... How many times has Gret Binchleaf been resurrected this week? Four? Five? It's only three, actually. One on Wednesday, then two on Friday afternoon. (coughs) It is embarrassing, you know, said War, who was winning the game, as usual. (laughs) We all have difficult jobs. I've currently got conflicts involving 640 countries on 32 different planets. Pestilence has to go around injecting diseases into mosquitoes and rubbing people's snot onto door handles. Mm. And poor Famine, she never stops hiding food from people. You should see her out in the desert burying their sandwiches. (laughs) That's right, said Famine, (laughs) whose hippo had Managed to eat exactly no balls. "'And I hide sausages in trees.' (laughs) "'But you,' said Pestilence, "'all you have to do is keep dead people dead. "'How hard can it be?' "'It had been easy. "'The job had done itself. "'It was like someone had given in the job "'of making sure rocks continued to be rocks. "'And then, after several thousand years "'of not even having to try, "'one rock suddenly turned into a pig.' And no matter how much he tried to make it be a rock again, it just kept eating apples and going oinky. <laughs> Gret Binchleaf had now come back from the dead 183 <laughs> times. Wow. And Death was a laughingstock. But I have a plan, said Death, and it's entering its final stages now. War's Hippo ate the final pellet, and they didn't have to count them to know that she'd won. Famine had zero balls, death had no balls, pestilence hadn't even lifted his hands to try getting balls, and War, as usual, had all the balls. Mm-hmm. So this plan, said War, is it better than the one where you disguised yourself as Great son and had sex with him? <laughs> Ooh, said Famine. give me the give me the said famine yeah that's that's what she's supposed to do said famine that is a vast oversimplification of my plan said death even though it wasn't (laughs) go on then prompted pestilence as he reached into the games cupboard and pulled out operation I found a man so vain he was trying to teach chickens to say, You're beautiful, Pip. Then I pretended to be a travel agent and told him about Earth, yeah. where the people are so stupid they'd worship an illiterate moron if he gave them all a nice red hat and promised to build a big wall. Why did you do that? <laughs> asked Pestilence. I thought, the moment Pip saw Gret Binchleaf He'd murder him in a jealous rage. You must have noticed that Gret is strangely magnetic. Ooh, <laughs> said Famic. <laughs> but when they met, Pip didn't even notice Gret's allure. Stupid heterosexual idiots. Then he tried to kill me. Moron, you can't kill death any more than you can eat your own mouth. So you pretended to die. Yes. And then I gave Pip what he really wanted. Immortality. You you made him immortal? Yes, but only part of him. (laughs) Which part? His skeleton. (laughs) This had been the most fiendish part of death's plan, because as Pip aged and died... Heridanians have a short lifespan of 22 space years. His skin and flesh and organs shriveled and fell off, but his immortal skeleton persisted. This was too much for Pip's vanity, driving him homicidal with jealousy. He seemed to become less rational every time he pickled his head. And when, during a papal mass with all the cardinals in attendance, his brain fell out of his mouth, all <laughs> hope of logical thought was lost. And it was really embarrassing. He tried to pretend it was an unusually large piece of chewing gum. <laughs> but no one in the 14th century knew what chewing gum was. So Pip said he'd eaten a chimpanzee's brain for breakfast and it had disagreed with him. Word got around quickly that Pope Stimberline liked eating bits of chimp and people started bringing them as offerings. Within a week, he was gifted a chimp eye salad, chimp liver and onion casserole and a chimp penis surprise. Hmm. The surprise being that the chimp was still attached and got quite annoyed <laughs> when you put mustard on his penis and tried to eat it. <laughs> Hang on a minute, said War. Do we need to know all this guff about chimp penises? (laughs) I suppose not, Death conceded. Anyway, the final obstacle to my goal I overcame quite recently when I used magic space gas to turn a bunch of random people into women. "'Well, I suppose that explains why the four horsemen of the apocalypse "'are not as male as once they were,' said Famine, (laughs) femininely. "'I actually only wanted to change one person, but I missed several times.' So, Gret Binchleaf's a woman now, said Famine. Ooh, I bet he's right hot and boobered, isn't he? (laughs) I do like that Gret Binchleaf. He makes my life that much easier. There's no need to hide food when Gret Binchleaf's been in the room. There's none left to hide. Did you know, one time, he ate all the chips? All of them, (laughs) so there were no more chips. He'll be after my job if I'm not careful. But why did you want to turn him into a woman? Asked Pestilence. Because now... All I have to do is get Gretzelda and Pip together, then let Pip's jealous misogyny do the rest. I'm going to manipulate her into traveling to the Vatican by disguising myself as the one person Gretzelda trusts more than any other. Who's that? Gret Binchleaf. Right, said Pestilence, because your disguise plans have gone so <laughs> well in the past. <laughs> It's a waste of time anyway," said Woe. So what if Pip does kill Gret Binchleaf? He'll be back to life before dinner time. You misunderstand, Mm -hmm. said Death. My plan is not to kill Gret Binchleaf. Then what is your plan? I've used the magic space gas to modify my scythe. All Pip has to do is draw blood and Gretzelda Binchleaf will fall into an enchanted sleep for a hundred thousand years. The church is finished, said Dominic (laughs) Maniti, and we have put a great Zelda inside, slipping on the altar. And I might have given her a little kiss on the lips. Oh, yes, I did. I said don't kiss her. Thank goodness you're not a prince. Or handsome. (laughs) Who is going to be Pope now Stimberlin is under the church? Is it going to be me? (laughs) Sure, go ahead, who cares? (laughs) Oh, look at me, Pope Mordecai Dominic Manitti. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that makes me laugh so much. (laughs) Okay, thinks you you have to be called Mordecai. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, look at me, Pope Mordecai Dominic Manitti. Now things will be different. I think I will start by cutting someone's head (laughs) off. (laughs) <laughs> by cutting someone's head off with a scythe <laughs> Oh yes I will <laughs> really good. I'm leaving Said Death See you in a month Miniti. Death Pinchloaf swung his scythe And ripped a hole in the underpants of reality <laughs> On the other side He could see Pestilence already brewing some coffee And setting up the buckaroo Eh what happens if Stimberlin Escapes and starts murdering People's heads off again Don't worry said Death he won't claw his way out until the early 21st century. Death stepped through the reality orifice and closed it behind him, content in the knowledge that all loose ends had been tied up, every question had been answered, and everything made perfect sense. And anyone who disagreed either wasn't paying enough attention or was a right, proper, ficko. Canon. Yeah, go like that. Will Gretzelda really sleep for a hundred millennia? Won't she need to wake up to go to the toilet? Is Gretzelda permanently a woman now? And if so, how will fragile white men cope? Will Howard finally reveal what Mordecai Stimberline is secretly an anagram for? <laughs> Find out in the very final chapter of Gret Bingeleaf and the Adventure of the Complicated Head. <laughs> The continuing adventures of Grett Binchleaf, the soft boiled private dick with a crippling fear of pies.
1: The plot so far! After many years and much toing and froing through history, supervillain Mordecai Stymberin has finally been defeated. Stimberline, who had grown daily more and more skeletal, and consequently become more and more terrified of American scientist Ohio Grant. <laughs> was now trapped in a time loop by once man, Gretzelda Binchleaf, yep. condemned to an eternity of beheadings and burial. Mm-hmm. Meantime, the once boob presser, now boob possessor, Gretzelda, <laughs> was likewise defeated by her accidental arch nemesis, the Reaper of Souls himself, Mr Death. Yeah. Or Steve Death to his friends. <laughs> Put Steve in for his name. Because he only had two names, so he needed a third. <laughs> Gret Zelda has been sent into a sleep of 100,000 years. And that's bench-leaf years, so they're pretty big years. More like six billion regular years. Wow. What will happen next? Will she wake up male again with a cursory explanation? Uh, yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> will she get kissed by the corpse formerly known as Prince? Uh. Yeah. So say, yeah, I've not written it, but I should say too soon now, shouldn't I? That's a too soon meme. <laughs> no, too no, no. soon. It's all right, because uh, we're going to release this later, right? So. Yeah, yeah. Too late. <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah, for Prince forgot, it is. Yeah. who that yeah. was.
1: Yeah. Will Gret's parents escape the space zoo? <laughs> there
0: you go. I told you I'd solve that yeah. one. Yeah. No, you haven't solved it. You've asked <laughs> the question. I mean, the answer could be who knows. Okay. Yeah, they do. Okay. okay. okay solved. Okay.
1: <laughs> Will Gret rearrange the letters of Mordecai Stimberline yeah. to create bimolecular sediment?
0: Really? Is that, a, is that an anagram? It is an anagram. Yeah. A, presumably that's not like, why you called it Mordecai Stimberline. No, right? no, I just found that. OK, um, cool. Yeah, that's not why it's called <laughs> you just little. trying to... It's just for you. Just <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm still waiting for the real one, though.
1: I'll find out, or nowt, out or nowt, <laughs> next on Gret <laughs> Binchleaf and the Adventure of the Complicated Heads, Chapter 14. Yeah. Doctor no. <laughs> <Pants. laughs> yeah, no, pants. Yeah, Doctor No pants. Is this how you write Gravinsky
0: chapters now? You just decide <laughs> on a franchise, <laughs> <laughs> right? Go, that... call the title after that and just go right. Pun time. Okay, mm. how many how many Doctor No references? I swear,
1: my this? life is not about James Bond at all. Okay.
2: How are you, skinny kid?
1: <laughs> Yelled the mean boy.
2: You look like a skeleton, you twat. Oh, wow. Scally twat, scally twat, scally twat.
1: <laughs> the others chanted as they circled the poor little tyke. Then, before he could use his amazing powers of thinness to slip away, they all piled on top of him and gave him a damn good dinnering. <laughs> he cried. <laughs> he cried as they stuffed his face full of pork, shoved spotted dick down his pants, and dumped a jug of steaming hot gravy on his tiny noggin. But fortunately, before they could insert the chips up his bumhole, he was saved by the bell, signalling the end of lunch, and the bullies scarped back to class. Skelly twat sat up and spat up a sausage. It was true, he was thin, ridiculously so, but then he'd never really had the time of day for food. He was always too busy writing his amazing detective stories yeah. or practising his magic <laughs> you know, or thinking two things. I knew it was
0: going to be great. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I didn't want to say anything. Yeah, uh, I thought the listener might not, but it's, yeah, so, yeah. it's so great. So you're supposed to think it's going to be, like, um, stimulated. No, yeah, yeah. But, yeah, yeah but it's obviously Yeah, great. When, when you said skelly sc- twat or whatever, the mm. first mention, the first line, I did think, oh, but then I immediately went, oh, no, he's putting too much emphasis on Althinia. It's, <laughs> it's, it's definitely great. It's
1: brilliant. Yeah. <laughs> Great <laughs> Binchleaf, why aren't you in class? It was the voice of Mr Foot, the armless headmaster. And yeah, that's armless as in he didn't have arms, not her armless, as in, I don't know, you know, the type of man who wouldn't put a cane in his mouth and whip your eyeballs. <laughs> Sorry, Mr Foot, sniffed Binchleaf.
2: The other kids dinnered me. <laughs>
1: Patting you scrawny little milksop, and go and clean yourself up, "'you chinless teensy baby. <laughs> "'Or by thunder, I'll show you the back of my foot.' <laughs> "'Sir, yes, sir,' whimpered Benchleaf, and scurried away to the boys' room, "'leaving behind him a trail of gravy and tears "'in case he should ever need to find his way back to this humiliation. <laughs> "'Grep flew into a cubicle where he locked the door "'and released the full waterworks, full.' Doing weeing both from his happy stick and his sad eyes. <laughs> 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 Went Gret. Cheer up, kid, came a strange voice from the next cubicle. Bruce Forsyth. Yeah. It might never happen. <laughs> oh, wow. Gret, startled into silence, bent down and peering underneath the dividing wall, he saw what looked like giant lizard's feet. I've come to give you some very important information, Gret. Wow. Well, How do you know who I am? asked little Gret. And who are you? I'll know everything about you, Gret Binchleaf. And my name is, said the mysterious stranger, pausing for effect, Doctor No Pants. OK, yeah, good. Brilliant. <laughs> Across the whirly blobbiness of space time <laughs> in the Mega Hula Bonza Jackpot Space Casino, on the third moon of Boobalon Centauri, <laughs> a man waded through row upon row of three armed bandits and sat down with a colossal thump at the galactic Baccarat table. Deal me in, he said bluntly. The croupier looked the newcomer up and down, and left and right, and diagonally with its sixteen Dealy Bopper eye stalks. Do you have any chips, sir? <laughs> I just ate the all-you-can-eat buffet. In fact, I just ate all the all-you-can-eat buffet. Yeah. But sure, yeah, give me some chips.
2: <laughs> well, how many more do you like? <laughs> <laughs> Is
1: easy to say all the chips? Um, all of them. <laughs> oh, yeah. Ventured the giant. Yeah. Then, as he watched the croupier reach for the colourful counters with a hairy sucker... Oh, plastic money. Right, yeah. OK, give me 50,000 in singles, said the man, and sparked up a space marlborough. <laughs> Ten, only minutes later...
0: Ah, <laughs> yeah.
1: The moth. <behemoth. laughs> the moth that quadrupled his chips and was having difficulty in refraining from eating them. Sure, they were plastic, but they were still chips. Across the baccarat table... A tall, sexy-chinned hottie in a strapless Versace dress. And for some very probable reason, a big, hairy Ushanka. What? Ushanka. What's an Ushanka? I think it's pronounced Ushanka. I didn't bother researching (laughs) it. What is it? It's a big Russian hat. Okay. With the ears and all that shit. Pushed all her chips onto the bays.
2: I will go all in,
1: (laughs) she said in an accent. I admire your courage, miss. Key gun. She replied. Stefanil. Key gun. Oh, Stefanil.
0: Okay, she's been benchified.
2: I admire your look, Mr...
1: Benchleaf. Great Benchleaf La, 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 da, 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 no, wrong Mr.
2: Binchleaf, I suppose you wouldn't care to raise the limit?
1: I have no objections. Assuming that means... What
2: I think it means. <laughs> what do you think it means? Um. Sex! Oh, oh, higher stakes! Yes, exactly. It means higher stakes. And the highest stakes are Winner gets to have sex with
1: Loser. <laughs> that's, some, that's some pretty clear stakes. Gret tugged on a cuff. And the loser? Who did they get to have sex with? <laughs> Now, hold on, start that question. <laughs> Different question. <laughs> your room or mine? He said as he pushed all his chips into play. One lost game of Baccarat later, Gret Binchleaf was back in his hotel room with no money and a rich Russian woman. <laughs> so, said Gret as he shook her a martini. Interesting name you have there. Stefan Neil? No, your surname. Keegan.
2: I chose it myself.
1: She said, drawing near to Gret, sliding her hand into his trouser pocket.
2: My two favourite things?
1: Keys, she said, pulling out Gret's space car keys.
2: And guns,
1: she said, pointing her gun at his bollocks. <laughs> Kinky, said Gret. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's some... I, like, I like sex games where people shoot my bollocks off. <laughs> Then as she put his keys in her purse with the money from Baccarat, he finally realized he was being robbed. (laughs) Ah
2: Yes, I'm robbing you (laughs) now strip bins leaf. Ah, come off it. At least leave me my clothes (laughs) I thought we were friends. You'll be fine. Everybody knows you can grow your own. <laughs> or, no, I can't. That's just something the kids at school used to say.
1: In the science block boys' toilets of St Barnabas's Primary School, <laughs> little Gret Benchleaf was sat looking at a drawing of a big spurting cock, <laughs> behind which lay Dr No-Pants. That's on the cubicle wall, basically. But won't I become chubby? You will. You must. What? Why? You're going to be a top detective, whizzing about through time and space. But how are those two things related? Said Little Gret, his detective mind failing to find a connection. Well, at a moment's notice, you could be flung from one end of the universe to the next. What you gonna do, pack a bag? I don't know. Well, come on, come on. You're under attack. Daleks are climbing up a ladder to get you. (laughs) Quickly, where are you going to keep all your stuff? (laughs) Um, listen to me. I can't tell you exactly how, or why, or when, (laughs) or what, or who. No, no, I can tell you who. You! But in the future, many times your life will depend on your unique body shape, chins, bellies, moobs, and all. Without them, you will most certainly be doomed. So here... Dr No-Pants slid loads of crisps and chocolate bars under the dividing wall. Eat up.
2: Then you're certain if I do this, I'll become the best detective in the universe, <laughs> leave this stupid school way behind, and get to see lots and lots of knockers?
1: <laughs> Positive.
2: Oh well, you only lived twice,
1: shrugged Gret and started to eat. <laughs> Approximately 42 years in little Gret's future, but about a thousand years in the actual future, time traveller Gret Binchleaf grabbed the bathrobe off the back of the space hotel room door and hurried out into the corridor in pursuit of his hot burglar. He immediately stopped. She'd done a die hard. (laughs) Even Gret's thick soles were reticent to go for a run all over this broken glass. Fortunately, this being a hotel, many of the room's occupants had left their footwear or tentacle wear out to be polished. And his neighbour... Being a massive talking dinosaur from Rexicon Minor, meant that his boots almost fit Gret. Also, Gret couldn't help but notice that outside the dinosaur's door, the dino door, if you will, room service had recently left some steaming breakfast pancakes topped with fruit. They looked hot and bananaed, thought Gret, and said so! They look hot and bananaed! Sure, he needed to chase Stephanie Keegan, but there was always time for breakfast. Gret grabbed it and swallowed it right down. (gasps) But it was more than just hot and bananaed. It was red hot
2: and pineappled.
1: The combination of scalding pancake batter and fruit with the word pie in (laughs) immediately caused Gret's throat to contract and his tongue to swell up so that it barely fit in his mouth. Screamed Gret as he crashed back into his hotel room. And after five minutes, with his head under the cold tap, Stephanil had well and truly escaped. And so it was, presently, half-naked and screaming incomprehensibly, that Gret was arrested in the space hotel watch shop for public indecency and attempted theft.
2: (laughs) Gret
1: had said as they'd thrown him in a
2: cell.
1: He had insisted, but nobody was interested. Gret hurried over to the bucket in the corner and started to grunt. The he portal watch, he had in fact successfully stolen, was lodged pretty firmly up his arse where he'd hidden it. But time was running thin. If you couldn't squeeze it back out within the next eight minutes, the one hour window to travel back and stop Stephanie would be closed forever. But it was no use. Try as he might, it was stuck. There was one other option though. Instead of pushing, Gret clenched. Gret clenched harder. Gret clenched hardest. And there was a beeping sound from deep within his posterior. He smiled. His sphincter had successfully activated. He portal. Warning, said Gret's arsehole.
2: You have selected to travel back more than the permitted hour.
1: Do you wish to continue? Gret frowned and clenched again. You have selected yes. (laughs) Ah! And with that, the whole universe seemed to be shat out of Gret's ass, <laughs> and then to swallow him up in a haze of stars and nonsense. <laughs> Interesting. <that's funny. laughs> Gret landed with a gut-shuddering squelch. He was alive, just. But his bathrobe had gone, missing somewhere around the 23rd century, and he was now stark bollard... Bollard? <laughs> Well, bollards are naked. Yeah, so yeah. I mean, bollocks often aren't. Fair enough. He was now stark bollard naked. <laughs> and stark bollock naked. But for his stolen dino boots. As he stood, head pounding, he became acutely aware of the sound of voices. Children's voices. He couldn't be caught naked at school. It had been hard enough to explain it the last time. In Grep leaf and the Adventure of Being a Paedophile. <laughs> <laughs> fighting whale, whales. <laughs> fighting whales. At <laughs> the end, fighting waves of Norvzia. nausea <laughs> <laughs> Should have practiced. Go more. With this sentence. Fighting waves. The waves. Fighting the waves of nausea. Gret stumbled away from the voices and towards the science block, where after raiding the snack vending machine of all its nutritious crips, crips. <laughs>
0: This is my (laughs) favourite. This is the best sentence so far. It's amazing.
1: (laughs) Where, after raiding the snack vending machine of all its nutritious crisps and chocolate, he secreted himself in a toilet cubicle where he could recuperate and formulate a plan. On hearing the crying child clatter into the cubicle, on hearing, on hearing the crying child clatter into the cubicle beside him, Gret looked down at his green, Gret looked down at his green, (laughs) scaly, webbed dinosaur boots and had a massive pang of mem now and then or in. He knew where he was, he knew what was about to happen, and he knew what he had to do. Cheer up, kid, he managed to say, but with his tongue swollen and throat all burned, his voice sounded very strange. <laughs> I've come to give you some very important information, Gret, said Gret. <laughs> How do you know I am? asked Gret. And who are you? I know everything about you, Gret Binchleaf. <laughs> and my name is, said Gret, and paused. He quickly looked around the cubicle for inspiration. Someone had drawn a picture of a poodle taking a shit on the door. (laughs) Then he looked down at his saggy bollocks resting on his knee. Dog turd, no pants. (laughs) (laughs) That was then, of course. This is now. Gret Binchleaf wasn't a little boy anymore. He was a fully grown woman. The handsome prince rode his horse up the stone stair that was overgrown with ivy. More than 500 years had passed since the people had risen up against Pope Mordecai Dominic Meniti, <laughs> and pulled his willy off to death. The church now lay abandoned. Dismounting his steed with sexy muscles the prince punched open the oak doors the layers of dust which had gathered over the years were whipped up in a frenzy making swirling ghostly patterns in the shafts of sunlight which stabbed through the colorful windows stepping delicately over the old tiled floor of the temple temple whatever yeah. being being certain not to step on the red tiles which legend had it would shoot poisonous arrows or spears or crabs or something <laughs> He tiptoed... Shoot crabs, yeah. <laughs> He tiptoed up towards the glass coffin. All around the coffin lay the skeletons of previous princes, who had presumably trodden on a red tile. <laughs> Climbing the steps, the prince reached the box in which, legend foretold, lay the most beautiful woman in the herstory of womankind. Huh. Maybe it was the warping of the aged glass, or maybe they just had different taste back in the olden days. <laughs> but if he was being honest... Prince Jamie of McCrimmon... (laughs) There's no choice of him today. (laughs) Prince Jamie of McCrimmon couldn't help but feel he'd seen less hairy women at the circus. (laughs) Still, I need to get my sleeping beauty badge if I'm ever going to advance to Eagle Scout. So, shifting the glass top aside, he puckered up and leant down to kiss Gretzelda Pinchleaf. Here, do you mind? said the bearded woman. (laughs) I'm trying to get some (laughs) shut-eye. Yeah. What? <laughs> but ah uh, ah uh, uh, no but ah uh, ah uh, uh, I mean <sharp> Zelda stabbed him in the heart Good. and he fell backwards rolling down the steps to join the corpses of other <laughs> men foolish enough to dare interrupt Gretzelders pupil stage <laughs> I take it she's uh, trans- she's
0: Tran- metamorphosed.
1: She's transition metamor- transitioning. She's trans- yeah, metamorphosed, <laughs> uh, tra- transitioning into a man, right?
0: Yeah. By by in a, by, by cocooning herself.
1: Yeah. After another two hundred years, give or take a few, Gretzelda's transformation from duckling to swan was finally complete. Evolution had taken its course and turned her from a simpering weak woman <laughs> into her ultimate form—that of a man—and <laughs> that man was Gret Binchleaf, <laughs> said Gret to the classroom of boys as he looked up from the book of bench case files. Any questions? Thirty hands shot up. Gret surveyed the red-faced youngsters before him. Uh, Wally, how come we're in the story, sir? <laughs> were you? <laughs> no, no, I don't think so. I don't remember you being in it. I only remember me being in it. And being a brilliant detective, said Grep. <laughs> a man with an ego bigger than his stomach. And a memory like that cheese. You know, that cheese with the holes. Whatever that's called. Anyone else, sir? Uh, yes, you. What's your name? G- G- Pinchloaf, sir. Yeah. What's your question? Uh, if it's how to stop being such an ugly pillock, then I suggest cutting your head off. <laughs> is it? Is that your question? <laughs> N- no, sir. What is it then?
2: did you wake from the hundred thousand year sleep, sir? The scythe drew blood, sir. You should still be asleep, sir.
1: Aha, <laughs> uh-huh. good question, for a thicko. <laughs> well, let me tell you, Stimberline's scythe never got that far. On its way to locate my neck, it merely got lost in chin storage unit three. <laughs> that wasn't blood, that was jam. <laughs>
0: I can't believe you wrote two and a half thousand words to
1: explain that. Yeah. Brilliant. I did. did, did. Grant Pinchloaf took his pen and made a note in a little black book.
2: (laughs) It must be terrible to be trapped
1: in a time loop like that, (laughs) said Grant Pinchloaf. Yes, said Gret. Glad it's not me. (laughs) Just then, the school bell rang and Gret closed the case file. OK, you lot, he said. For homework, read Gret Binchleaf and the Adventure of the Invisible Milk and be prepared tomorrow (laughs) to discuss the socio-economic ramifications (laughs) of no-one being able to find their milk. Epilogue. Later that day, as Gret lay in bed with Nicolette Patches, chewing some post-coital gum, she happened to remark, Oh, Gret, you're not like other men. You're not wrong there," he replied, feeling pleased with his penis. "No, I mean all this time in bed, and not once have you farted." <laughs> "No," said Gret. "I gave up farting for flatulent. For flatulent." <laughs> "But it's Easter now," she said, either not getting the joke or not finding it funny. <laughs> "Definitely the latter." <laughs> "Oh blimey!" In that case, and with that, Gret purged the huge month-long buildup of space gas from his body. <laughs> Oops, that wasn't space gas, he said laughingly. That was space solid. And somewhere in the past, the happy horn-headed people, who had surprisingly survived without being sat on by Gret Binchleaf, were all having a nice party out in the field when one said to another, Hey, I just noticed your name. There's actually an H between the S and the A. Oh, yes, yours too. Then someone else yelled, Hey, look up in the sky, it's a bird. It's a plane. No, it isn't. It's... And they were all shat on by Gret Binchleaf to death. (laughs) The end.
0: Thank you for listening to Gret Binchleaf and the Adventure of the Complicated Head. That was the last chapter. No! That's it, the story, the story is over. Oh, I'm really sad, uh, thought Howard and said so. I'm really sad! <laughs> OK. Well, hey, if you want more exciting content by us, then all you have to do is sign up at Patreon for as little as $2 a month and you can get an absolute... Mm. Headload of it. Wow! Immediately, a complicated headload. Imagine a really big, complicated head, mm-hmm. right? That's massive and full of really amusing audio and video content, mostly audio. Right. Imagine that—that <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. uh, that you only have to pay. You you pay two dollars, and then you then it opens its mouth, and you can get in and listen to it. Right? <laughs> really? Can I be wearing leather pants and blow it up? You, if you want. I mean, what your pants are your business. Okay. <laughs> really, when you sign up for Patreon, it does not check what kind of pants you've got on. All right, mm. that's up to you. Mm-hmm. Anything is acceptable, right? So you get in its mouth and you can stay there for a month, listen to as much as you want. And also you can put things in your bag and take them with you. Right? If you're That's down, true, you them. can. Yeah, yeah. But if you like it in there and you want to stay in the massive, complicated Patreon head for a second month, mm. then it's just another $2 and you get to stay there for another month. Isn't that exciting? And get all the new stuff that we're uploading all the time. That's right. And of course... <laughs> If you're in there and you want to go to a higher level, like if you're thinking, hey, it's nice in the mouth and everything, but I wonder what it's like in the nose area. Yes. Then you can upgrade and get even more stuff. And if you're like, what what, what, what about in the brain? That must be brilliant up there. And it is, right? So you can pay a little bit more and go to the brain level. Watch out for that pencil, though. (laughs) Yeah, do look out for Howard's pencil. Yeah. So go to patreon.com forward slash manbycow and find out what you could get for a very, very small
1: Small amount of money in Howard's tiny head. Yep. Sean Connery will be there. Will you? What? What? That's the plot of Zardoz, isn't it? Getting inside a massive head and... (laughs) All right, everybody, Howard's not being surreal, all right? Howard (laughs) is
0: referencing the movie Zardoz, at the beginning of which uh, Sean Connery wears a red bikini and gets inside a giant floating head that's full of guns. Mm. (laughs) And that's not a joke, that is true, that is what happens. And then after that, it gets confusing. It does. (laughs) Mm. So we will be back with The Worst Writer Show next week... With a traditional, old-fashioned Howard Short Ooh, called, my nemony <laughs> Called The
2: Mystery of the Locked Room Ooh. Ooh, it's a mystery A mystery I wonder what's in that locked room Probably some... Oh, it's a massive head full of guns <laughs> <laughs> Oh, fucking hell, I wasn't expecting that Alright, see
0: you next week, everybody Bye-bye, milk
1: bye buy some milk Here's a Stupid suck-ass rubbish writer